Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome to Lessons in Savvy Living. I'm your host, Sia Knight, and I am so thrilled that this afternoon I have a wonderful guest. Um, Michelle, I'm going to ask you the first question, which actually will help you introduce yourself. So the first question I always ask is, what are three things that people should know about you? Well, hello, hello. I am Michelle Lynn Stevens, best-selling author, award-nominated poet, founder of Diva's Heart Publishing, <clears throat> a former social worker, mom of one, auntie of five, and godmom to six. Wow. So I've been helping a lot of people for a long time. Wow. Okay. Wonderful. So that that's great. So you have been helping people a long time and that's what it sounds like just from your profession and from your family life and that sort of thing. And I'm so happy that you agreed to be on this uh, podcast to help people. Um, this podcast is designed to have real women with real stories and real lessons. And this podcast today is about chronic illness. So what is your story around chronic illness? What do you know about this? Well, besides the fact of helping people with chronic illness, I myself have dealt with it for most of my life, um, about 40 years since I was a senior in high school. And the sad thing about it is <clears throat> when you're young, you pretty much get ignored and they just brush it off. So mine was undiagnosed for 13 years until I was in my 30s wow. when they finally started, you know, believing me. And I learned to self-advocate from being in an occupational therapy assistant program where we talked about advocating for others. And then I learned to advocate for myself. Also with um, having worked in social services and my mom being a social worker, that helped me also figure out how to present my case with just getting help that I needed. So basically I've had um, ulcerative colitis and I've also had to later in life deal with um, blood pressure issues. I had gained a lot of weight when I was on medication, had to lose about 50 pounds 10 years ago because it was making me, um, the weight was making me um, pre-diabetic, borderline cholesterol, <clears throat> that type of thing. So that is really what, you know, the African-American community has had to deal with. And even now with this coronavirus is affecting us and making us more vulnerable in our communities. So that's something that I like to try to get people to understand and get control of also. Wow, that, that's a lot. Michelle, sounds like you've been through a whole lot. And I just want to dig a little deeper, if you don't mind. Um, sure. So you're, you told me that in high school, you were having some some issues, and so I, I you said ulcerative colitis. So probably I can imagine, and you know, correct me if I'm wrong. People are like, oh, that's okay. You're all, you're okay. You know, it's just your stomach. Yeah. Just drink some ginger ale. Um, you know, have some of the, you know, it, it's, you know, just your woman. So maybe that time of the month or what, and, and so what happened? What, what did it continue to persist and what happened in your thirties to, for them to figure it out? So in high school, 
even myself, I was just brushing it off. Like I could be sitting in class and my stomach just start making noises. And you know, everybody's just like kind of laughing with each other. Like I must be real hungry, you know? Mm -hmm. And then in college I had, I was working at fast food. So I was eating a lot of fast food, not really the best diet. And it exacerbated, my stomach was bleeding. And I was going to like the campus um, health center and they basically sent me home with, you know, like Pepto-Bismol or whatever, stuff like that. Giving me stuff for gas, you know, just regular over the counter stuff. And eventually it got to the point where I had to do like medical withdrawal. So it, it added another year or two before I was able to graduate. And um, I wanted to do some things with graduate school, but I'm sitting up in the, um, the doctor's office and they're telling me, oh, you're young, you'll get over it, you know, you'll be okay. So I'm just sitting there believing them and like, you know, my stomach is bleeding. I'm having to run to the bathroom constantly. Um, I'm working jobs like customer service and having to get off of my station to go to the bathroom and you know getting told this is affecting your performance like that's all we can go on is about what you do on the phone you know we love you but if this continues we're gonna have to let you go that type of thing so i got to the point where i was like okay i'm going to my community college to try to get into another career and that's when i looked into occupational therapy assistant started hearing about advocating and i was persistent with my doctor like you need to figure out what's going on. It's not just something to brush off. It's, it's, it keeps happening. I keep having to come back. And then it was what it came down to was my description of the symptoms. It was like, instead of saying, okay, I got an upset stomach, I had to be specific. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I'm going to the bathroom this many times a day. Um, it mm-hmm. looks like this. And, you know, then he was like, you know what? That sounds like the worst thing it could be. So he finally sent me to a specialist. And the day he talked to the specialist, he knocked back like six months of patients to see me. That's how bad it sounded to the specialist. Oh, wow. So he had me scared, like thinking, oh, Lord, I'm dying. <laughs> but, you know, he got it under control. So I was happy, very happy with him. Um, after a couple of years, everything was just like normal and I got to reduce my medication and I learned to do it with diet exercise, you know, and got off the medication because I was gaining so much weight. My hair was coming out and that type of thing. But, um, yeah, it just took years of, of learning how to talk to the professionals about it and just being persistent. And, um, then, um, it was like when I was in my thirties is when I was really learning how to do this. So it took a long time to figure out what to say, what to do. Wow. That, that is, I'm hearing a couple of real, real good lessons there. First of all, I'm hearing you have to be persistent. Um, There used to be a TV show that used to be on a while ago called mystery diagnosis. I don't know if you've ever watched that, but I used to watch it all the time. And, and it sounds like a very similar story in terms of like, well, you know, the first doctor didn't believe me. The second doctor didn't believe me. So being persistent is very, very important. It sounds like in your story as well. And a second thing that I'm hearing is being as specific as possible when you are describing your symptoms. 
because um, it's it's tough because you're like, oh, you know, I've got a headache. Okay, is it a sharp pain? Is it in the front of your head? Is it all over? What What's happening? Because that can help to kind of narrow down what some possible things are that could be causing your your particular ailment. So that's that's a good thing to think about and a good thing to know. And the third thing I heard, I heard a lot. You were talking you you, you were dropping some knowledge was okay. the fact that um it's what they call comorbidity so yeah. that just means that you have several different um disorders diseases and so forth that go together and right. sometimes it's hard to um un unravel because what can you know you can be uh, pre-diabetic because of the weight gain and then that could mess with your blood pressure which could mess so there's a lot of things that can be going on at the same time so oh goodness yes. gracious absolutely so a question I have for you is this um, so you finally got it under control in terms of you got a diagnosis. Now, can you talk to me a little bit about how this diet and exercise helped you uh, kind of get control of, of your condition, of your specific condition? Sure. Um, and don't get me wrong, it was hard. Um, but I had a lot of different um, employment issues. So I got to work in a new job with some at the VA and you know where health is something a conversation all the time mm -hmm. so I was hearing a lot about the doctors talking about the exercise programs and things and some of the employees <clears throat> and so one of the employees was like on the side uh, um, personal trainer so I was getting like a lot of um, exercise plans meeting people at the gym for work after work and it was just a lifestyle and it was it was having to be like every day, six days a week at first until you kind of develop the habit. <clears throat> so I'm like in the boot camps, like sweating and you know, just feeling like I'm gonna pass out. You know? <laughs> Yay! Like, come on, you can do it, you know. So you gotta have that support system there and you know, you just gotta stick with it. And eventually it just became like second nature. So for a few years that was basically just I, I just learned to go straight to it go eat go exercise go home you know so it became part of my routine wow and did you change your diet at that time as well because i heard you talk about yeah. you had a lot of fast food when you were in college it sounds like um a lot of us it sounds like me um yeah. now but so and how did you change your diet and what did you add and take away well, my biggest thing was I was addicted to French fries. So, you know, that was like the easiest thing to get. <laughs> you drive through, you're like, okay, I'm just going to get these to hold me over till I get home, especially when I was out about a lot. And um, the greasy foods and things like that. And so I finally was just like, okay, I'm going to try to just stick to, like, go to Subway, Get the grilled chicken it might not be so much season seasoning and you know the fatty greasy good stuff and more salads <clears throat> and it was hard because i had a friend who i would go to lunch with my best friend and she was still getting the french fries and that was our thing so you, you might run into some things where you have to not do what the other person is doing 
and I just stuck to my salad. You know, I can't get fries. It's just like, oh yeah, you don't want just one or two. <laughs> you know, so you do run into people who not necessarily that supportive and don't really understand and it's an invisible illness. So they're just like, you'll be all right. You can just have some. Right. You know, it just takes a little bit. <laughs> don't you miss it? So it's, it's willpower is very important. But yeah, just cutting back on the greasy foods. Um, going to the grocery store more so than eating out. Not um, doing like the bacon, which is also another favorite. So much like I could do that every day at some one point. Mm. Now I'm just like, okay, I cut it back. Just start out with once a week and then once a month or whatever, you know, just pace yourself. Don't try to do it like all at once. Oh, okay. You know, That's a good tip. Prime yourself. <laughs> okay. But just be gradual and it'll become a habit. And then it'll get to the point where you, you just look at it and just be like, no, no, I don't even want that no more. Oh, like, well, good. I'm waiting to get to that like point. Salt will oh. start to taste like nasty with the high blood oh. pressure. I'm going to wean off of the salt. And now I taste something salty and I'm just like, oh, like how did I used to eat that? <laughs> wow. Wow. That's wonderful. How, how long have you had this new way of life, this new way of eating and living? Well, it's been off and on for the past 10 years. Oh, Lord. And then when you get it under control, you do feel like maybe I can have some of this, have some of that. Mm. <clears throat> but then, you know, you start feeling bad. Like, right. Quick. and I'm like no I'm not gonna do that no more but you might do a little backslide but you you know <laughs> you get it back under control you get back in the yeah. right lane yeah. I hear you that's that's so. interesting because throughout your story I also heard when you were talking about the fast food back when you were younger and that sort of thing so many times if we have something an underlying condition the physicians can't determine what we have because we we are eating so much bad stuff and we're not exercising the way we're supposed to. So the doctor could be like, I, there could be several things wrong with you. In fact, there are. I don't know what's causing yeah. what. So it, it sounds like the, the message is what it usually is, is to eat less, eat better, and and move more. Right. I mean, I thought you were going to give me some type of new secret something, but I guess, <laughs> I guess this well, is the same thing that I've heard before. So, yeah, so it's just that simple. So your condition, is that something that is hereditary that you have to kind of look out for in terms of passing to your children or did your parents have those types of issues or is it just kind of were the one you know what that's the funny thing about um autoimmune disorders is they don't really know where they come from and my mom is like she never heard of that or she doesn't know anybody with that and i did find out later that i have a cousin who was dealing with the stomach issues as well but we can't figure out where it came from it's like our generation is like the first to kind of talk about it so we don't know if anybody was dealing with it and just never got it checked out, never talked about it. Right. And that's another thing with our community is like the, the older people, you know, they don't tell the, mm -hmm. the children what's going on. So, you know, that's going folks business. And, you know, we don't know what was wrong with our grandparents. We just know, you know, they called it this, that, and the other, and they hit a lot of things. So you just never know what you have going on in your history. 
that is so true. I remember like, uh, get on, get on out of grown folks business. And you're like, okay. And then <laughs> I, it's no telling what they were talking about. But that is, that's true. When we talk about these different conditions, these diseases, um, for those of you all, if you have your parents, your grandparents, um, older family members, if they're still alive and able to talk to you about certain things, ask those questions. Um, it's, it's, as we are recording this, we're in the middle of the COVID-19 crisis, and we see that it has been hitting certain groups disproportionately, um, more so than other groups. African Americans seem to be dying at a higher rate. We don't know exactly why right now, but one theory is that we just don't take care of ourselves, generally speaking, as well. And so there could be lots of reasons for that. Access to, to health care, got you. But some of us have the access, but just don't have the uh, interest. And so I think it's a wonderful message. Uh, Michelle, I, I, I'm so happy that you shared your story and the fact that you finally got to the bottom of what your your condition was and that you've been able to um, kind of to deal with it and, and to have a happier existence, it sounds like to me. So that sounds great. Yes, thank you. And I do still have every now and then something going on where they still can't figure out what it is, especially with the blood pressure, because that kind of came out of nowhere. Um, after I had, you know, got everything under control, I was exercising, whatever, and it still went up. And I was just like, what's going on? And they just like, we can't figure it out. So, you know, things pop up, but you just keep going. Right. Wonderful. So if there was one lesson or a big lesson that you can take away from your experience or that you want to leave a listener or a viewer with that says, hey, here's what I really learned from this. Is there something that you want to have someone take away from this, your experience? I would just say um, you got to speak up for yourself, take care of yourself. You can't take care of anything else. Um, if you're laid up and you can't take care of your kids, you can't go to work, you lose your job, you lose everything you have. Everything is like a domino. If you don't take care of you first, like they say, put your oxygen mask on and breathe. And then you can handle anything that comes your way. That is so true. A lot of us, especially moms, we are all, we're taking care of this. We're taking care of that. Um, in a certain age bracket, some of us have parents we're helping to care for and children. And, uh, and, and sometimes we're last on the list. But it sounds like to me, you're saying, hey, you know what? You, you can't help anyone if you're not healthy, if you're not well. So that sounds like a very good message, Michelle. I appreciate Thank that. You. So Michelle, uh, I, if someone wanted to reach out to you um, in the interwebs on, on the internet or, or on Facebook or so forth, why would they reach out to you and how could they find you? Well, you can reach out to me to read my story oh divorce chronicles diary of a divorce diva and i do talk about my health situation and some of the things that it caused along the way some of my poetry which is very inspirational and i talk about you know just your faith in surviving you know situations in life 
And I am basically at a diva's heart on Facebook and Twitter. I'm at Michelle Lynn Stevens on Instagram and at michellelynnstevens.com. You can read all about me. All right. Sounds great. Wonderful. I am. I see. I like the fact that you are ready, boy. I was like, what about this? (laughs) Bam. (laughs) And I'm like, yes, yes. Come on with it. Show us what you got. So I appreciate it. So thank you so much, Michelle, for taking the time to chat with me. And thank you for having me. No problem. And that's it for this episode of Lessons in Savvy Living, everyone. Until next time, stay savvy. Bye-bye.